0: You are listening to Let's Get Wicked Deep, a dating podcast with Kelly
1: and Callie. We're here to cut through the BS of dating and all the chaos that can come with it these
0: days. where we will have deep and meaningful conversations with laughter and fun.
1: It is time to get wicked deep.
0: Welcome to another episode of Let's Get Wicked Deep, a dating podcast with Kelly and Callie. Hello, Callie
1: hello hello how are you doing I am I'm doing really well it's you know we're made it through another week and we're heading into summer and I'm so happy to see the sun and it's just it's good stuff here
0: that's like so great um on today's episode I kind of want to give a little bit of a background to um what goes into making this podcast that we do
1: it's so much. There are so many moving parts.
0: Well, it's, it's funny because, um, today is the day where it's, um, what is today? May 19th. Is that the date?
1: Yeah. That we're recording. this. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So today is the fifth anniversary of let's get wicked deep. So it's very exciting because I <clears throat> started this podcast five years ago, and then today it's something completely different than what I thought it was. But it's interesting because since um, Kelly, you have been um, invited on the show and have you know kind of taken it on with me, things have changed a lot and it's gotten like so much better. But I just think it's so funny how when I used to record a podcast, I could report, record the podcast, edit it, and then publish it in 35 minutes if right. I so wanted to. Flat. <laughs> now... Today, when I, Kelly and I got on the phone, cause we do our pre show conversation, we talked on the phone for two hours, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, which is and standard then,
1: practice,
0: <laughs> literally where it's like, okay, I got to record with Kelly, take the whole day off. Um, and then <laughs> yeah. look on the video. And then it's another 30 minutes of just screwing around. So it's, it's been like, so fun. So Five years ago, this started with like an idea of just like helping people with their relationships, and then today it's turned into like something that's more fun and and more exciting. And we've had a lot more downloads since you've been on the show, and I think the topics have gotten you know a little bit more interesting and a little bit more fun at the same time. So I'm excited for the fifth anniversary of Let's Get Wicked Deep. Now let's get Wicked Deep, a dating podcast with Kelly and Callie. So congratulations to the podcast!
1: Yes, and I'm so thankful that you brought me on here because, like you said, we always we have we could do a side podcast with just our conversations because we will be on the phone, the two of us for hours and hours, and we could talk forever. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because it's not just talking.
0: It's talking, it's laughing, it's crying. It's just all of it because I know this isn't something we always talk about, but as a certified coach on your end, as a coach on my end, we have our own issues and it's good because we can talk to each other and not feel like, you know, fake, not feel like we're like alone in this because as humans, we all have like our own stuff going on. So it's good to have someone that you can like be friends with and talk to and then have something like this come out of it. So I think it's just amazing. So thank you for taking this on with me. I'm so happy to have you on board.
1: Yes. I'm so happy to be here. I'm, and that we've truly developed this friendship.
0: Yeah. I knew you were the right decision straight away. I knew it because I knew this would be great. Absolutely. So on today's show, we are talking about relationships and finances.
1: Yes. Yeah. And And it's such a big topic.
0: It's a big topic. It's, I don't really think it's talked about as much like publicly as it is like in the one-on-one sort of relationships and like how people like feel about it. But I know we had talked about like, since since we were both in abusive relationships and kind of what that looked like, I had financial abuse on my end, which then made me to kind of redirect my thinking in future relationships with finances. Have you experienced something like that as well?
1: You know, it's very interesting because you know, my, my first marriage <clears throat> and going through that, uh, trauma, I guess I will call it. Um, mm-hmm. it didn't really involve as much of the finances, uh, because we were so young, you know, we yeah. were both, uh, I think we were 18 when we got together. And by the time we were divorced, uh, I think I was maybe 20. 22, um, or so. And so Mm -hmm. even at that point, I, you know, it's not like I I was rolling in money. Um, Mm -hmm. so I was still trying to, I was finishing up my degree and, you know, I didn't really have a lot of debt or assets. And so Mm -hmm. money really wasn't a huge factor in that relationship. Um, until it came to the divorce. And really by, by that point, it was, you know, when you're dividing things up and I was just so ready to be done. I was just like, you know what, you can have it all. I walked away from that relationship with $2,000 cash. And I was like, you get everything else. I'm not fighting you for it. It's not worth my time. Mm -hmm. So money wasn't so much a factor in my previous relationship. Um, but I do see how money affected maybe who I was willing to date or how that affected the dating scene as I got older.
0: This is new information. Ooh, <laughs> I did not know this. Tell me more about this.
1: So, you know, and I guess maybe saying money affected it, that maybe that's not the right wording, but kind of in a sense, because for me, As I got older, so once I was out of my marriage and after i had graduated and I was fully in my paralegal career and I was really heavily into that, you know, and so I'm working in the legal field and I was just in a very serious career field and I wanted to be with someone that was an equal with me. And so it's not like somebody needed to make a lot of money, I guess, necessarily to be with me, but Got it. somebody needed to be serious about their career and about their future in order to be with uh-huh. me.
0: Okay. See, so that makes a lot of sense. Cause I was like, I don't know, I've been talking to you for a while and you never really seem to be a gold digger, but maybe. <laughs> Surprise. Oh, <yeah. laughs> surprise I'm a gold digger <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming over to dig for your gold that's so that's so it's so true though because when you want someone that kind of has the same sort of like financial like the like same you know e- equal to a degree or like a little bit you know off but not like something crazy so <clears throat> I think a lot of people don't really understand what financial abuse is when they're in any kind of a relationship. So I think it's, um it's important to kind of talk a little bit about like what that is. And in my toxic relationship, I went into that, um, I always made more money than he did. And he had a huge issue with that. So what normally, like what happened in that relationship was I had to pay for things a lot more than he did. He, the, one of the first signs that I did not acknowledge or recognize because I didn't know what I was looking for was when we first got together, he was like, Oh, I'm going to take you to a professional football game. And I love football. So I was like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. But then when it came down to like buying the tickets, he was like, whoopsie. um, Yeah. I don't have the money for that. So would it be okay if you do it? And I'm like, Oh yeah, no worries. I'll totally do that. But then it happened with the football tickets, with the plane tickets. It happened with the dinners. It happened with the movies. It happened with, I Oh, I want to buy you a birthday present, but whoopsie, I forgot my wallet. So it was, I was spending, Money on everything. And then when it came down to like, he had like this thing in the back of his head where there was no hair. So he wanted that to be replaced. So we went in and I was like, okay, this is like the doctor, whatever. And he's like, oh, if you can just, if you can just throw that on your credit card, that would just make it easier for me. Okay. Of course, you know,
1: I'm sure would it would pay- make it easier for you.
0: Made it so much easier for him and so much worse for me. So then I'm like, okay, like I'm going to go ahead and trust this guy, I guess never paid it so coming out of that relationship savings account was drained um credit was at a 400 you know I had no money and I'm just like like you visualize like a person in the rain with their pockets kind of hanging out and just like "Mm, what do I do now you know why he was off he ended up draining someone else's savings account while he was kind of doing that so that's what financial abuse looks like for those of the people who don't really know it's someone who comes in and like takes and destroys and then, you know, goes off to someone else. And it's funny though, because the person he had me in a love triangle with and went to be with, he ended up taking her entire savings and he drained all of her savings. And I was like, this is just what he does. And it wasn't like he didn't have a job, but he also was a gambler. So his, you know, so it was like a tough thing, but in that relationship, he also had difficulty with, me making more money than him. He hated it. He would insult me and mm-hmm. put me down and try to get me to not you know, have the money that I had. And he tried to control me in that sort of way. So it's now important for me while dating to find someone that has their life together financially, where I can pay for things if I want. He can pay for things if he wants, or I'm not going to have to rely on someone else to take me on a trip or vice versa. I'm not going to be in a relationship with somebody who's like, whoopsie. The second, someone says, whoopsie, I forgot my wallet. I'm going to leave you high and dry without your wallet on the side of the road. Like I'm not <laughs> falling for that again. You're going to have to call your mom to come pick you up because I'm out. Hopefully she gave you a dime to go on this date. To make that one phone call, if you need it, people in my generation know exactly what that means. But if you didn't, <laughs> I'm leaving ya. Sorry, there's no more whoopsie on my end.
1: Yeah, I, I will say it's so funny that you say that because literally just this week, just this week, I was driving around and I kept doing that thing. You know, when you get in your car and your car is like almost on E, you're like, oh, I gotta go to the gas station. And then you get in your car the next mm-hmm. time. Oh, I gotta go to the gas station. So I kept doing that. And so finally it was to the point where I'm like, okay, I seriously have to go to the gas station. So I'm gonna pick my you know, son up from his appointment and then I'm gonna go to the gas station. And my husband called and asked, if we could swing by and just see him at work, you know, to say hi. And so I did. And as I was pulling up there, I was like, oh, I really have to get to the gas station and I don't have my wallet on me. So I pulled up to That's his me. work and, it, and we were there to say hi. And then I was like, can I have your credit card?
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> the first time he,
1: he did. Yes. And, Again. but you know, the first time in the decade that we've been together that I've been like, hey, can I have your credit card? I don't have any money. <laughs> did you say it like that with the hair twirl I did I did I was like hi so I love you so much um no (laughs) no but you know the first time that happened in like I said over a decade and and you know even still going to do that I I had certain feelings about it because I'm like I am I have I'm not that girl I am not that girl Mm -hmm. it's it is
0: it is a big it is a big feeling when you have to ask someone for something and it's it's really really difficult where I will go as long as I need to without asking anyone for any kind of money for anything because the only one if I ever needed any kind of money in any way shape or form I would ask my ex-husband yeah maybe you know at this point probably not but like but I've also set myself up where like if I, you know, where I'm in charge of my own finances. So I'm going to set it up where I don't need to ever ask anyone anything. So long time ago when I needed something, I had asked him for it. But I mean, that has been such a long time, but now it's, I do it myself because I don't want to ever feel like I owe somebody something, whether we're in a relationship or not. Now, if we're married, it's very different. So I always went on like dates and stuff like that. And I always paid my own way. I did not like it when anyone else paid for me because I felt like they thought I would owe them something. I have one friend, um, his name is Scott. And whenever we go out, I am okay with him paying,
1: mm-hmm.
0: always okay with him paying. And I'm just like, you go ahead you can go ahead and pay for me. He's the only one because he will not feel like I owe him anything. Yeah. And that's, I feel very safe with him. And the person that I've been in a relationship or whatever, um, I'm now at the point where I'm like, okay, you can stop paying now. Yeah. Like I'm now at that point where I'm like, you can pay, but let me pay four times. If you pay once, I need to keep paying. So for me, that's like something that's like, I'm struggling to kind of like come to terms with that it's okay to let someone else do something for me when it comes to finances.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, Um, and and it's kind of a weird thing to wrap your brain around when like, like yourself and like myself kind of having this idea that I want to be an independent woman, you know, Mm -hmm. and and financial independence is very important to us. So when, when you're in that mindset, then when, like, where's the line between financial independence and then paying for someone else's ride you know what I mean like when you're always the the woman paying then when do you become the money train
0: (laughs) right the sugar mama
1: right yes yeah so yeah
0: it's true it is so true because like that fine line where like I'm independent but I also don't want you to like get used to this like how do you like wrap your mind like around it and just like let people do things so it's no secret that I'm, I'm buying a house um, hopefully next month. But for me, it was super, super important for me to be able to buy a house on my own without anyone else, without anyone's funds, without anyone's opinions, without anyone's distractions, just so I can prove that, Hey, here I am. I can do this stuff on my own. And now I like own this. And it's like, where does stuff like that come from, you know, from being controlled and from being pulled, you're not good enough. And wow. from like, you know, Oh, you're not on, you're not good on your own and all these different things. And now I'm just like, well, I'm going to prove that I can do things on my own. And I'm going to be a homeowner, which scares the living hell out of me. Like, <laughs> Why am I doing this? This shit's expensive. And if something breaks, I have to fix it. Like it's crazy because, like, we were talking about today, ended up locking myself out of my house today. So, how the hell am I going to be an actual homeowner and like do what? You know? <laughs> so, it's like a scary thing. So, it's like the links that we're, we go to to show that, like, yeah, we can do this stuff on our own, but it's also okay to have a partner with us. So, how do you, you know, find that like line of like independent, but also
1: wanting a partner? Right. Absolutely. It's, it can be a difficult thing to try and navigate. And like, I remember moving in with my husband, I mean, and literally that was my goal from, from day one, date one, you know, with my husband, uh, before we were even together, when we were still friends, (laughs) air quotes. I love Uh, those quotes. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, even the times that we were going out together in, before we were together together, Um, when we would go out to the movies, he's like, oh, I've got the tickets. Okay. Then I've got the, the snacks Mm -hmm. or, you know, if he paid this time, it's, Hey, how about I get the next date? And so it was always my goal to be a 50, 50 partner, not only for Mm -hmm. myself, but so so that he knows that, you know, I'm not looking for you to take me out and wine me and dine me and like, that's just not who I am as a person. And there's nothing wrong with that if that's who you are and that's your expectation, right. but mm-hmm. that's not me. And so right. he needs to know who I am. Um, and my independence is important to me. And that's part of who I am. And so he, I think he got that. And that picture was very clear from the beginning. So when we moved in together, um, you know, and and Kelly, we've talked about this story privately, but When my husband was ready for us to live together, he invited me to move into his place and it wasn't something I was comfortable with. And Mm -hmm. so I said, I am actually in the process of looking and wanting to buy my own place. How about I buy my place? If you're ready to live together, let's live together in the new place that I buy and That way, you know, if you're really ready for that step, we can live together. I'm not opposed to that, but I don't want to be dependent on you and living at your place. And then if something goes awry, then I'm in a precarious situation, you know? I that having that level of independence was really important to me. And he understood that and then completely respected it. And so that's what we did. And so I paid the mortgage. And, you know, obviously I paid my own mortgage, but he's like, I'm not looking for a free ride either. So he paid, you know, the electric and the, you know, cable bill and the internet. And so he paid some of the extra bills to kind Mm -hmm. of pull his weight to be my partner in that scenario.
0: So I think, yeah, it's, it's a good thing to kind of set yourself up where it's like, like in the event, something happens, like you're safe. Like you're good, right. you know, where it's like, you know, I don't think that he's going to kick me out of his house if something goes crazy. But at the same time, I want to feel safe and secure that like at any time, you know, Judy is not going to come knocking on his door and all of a sudden <laughs> you find out Judy's eight months pregnant and you're living in his house. Now, what the am I going to do? Right. So, you know, it, it's so scary. But what about like, and this is a topic that a lot of women don't like to talk about um, is a prenup before getting married. So, yeah. I know a lot of people are like, oh, a prenup just means that we just think the relationship's going to fail. Um, I personally have a different idea on that. You know, I think that like if I meet someone and he has a fish company and it's massively successful and he has, you know, Tom's fish diner all over the world and we get married and then get divorced, am I really entitled to any of Tom's fish money? No, not. Not entitled right. to shit, actually. So it's one of those things where a lot of people kind of go into a relationship like, well, no, I want like, you know, I want money if we get divorced or this or that. But on my end, I feel like if I get married again and the guy doesn't have fish pockets. I have fish markets, right? (laughs) My prenup's going to look like this. So it's one of those things where it's like, it's not that I would have someone sign a prenup because I think the marriage is going to end. I'm going to have someone sign a prenup because I'm not stupid, you know, where it's like anything can happen at any time. And getting married shows that you're willing to work every day, day in and day out on this marriage. And in the event that it doesn't work out, you can feel
1: safe and secure that no one's getting your fish market money. Exactly. You know, and I, I completely agree. And I'm all for prenups as well. Um, I literally just this week on my Instagram posted, I, you know, a, a thing that says selfishness and self-preservation are different. You know, you yeah. getting a, a prenup to um, protect yourself is different mm. than like, oh, well, if we don't work out, you know, this is, you know, this is mine. You're not getting any of this you know, um, again, very different mindsets. So, Mm -hmm. you know, and to tie back into what you were talking about in the beginning, this financial abuse piece, you know, I have a friend that's, you know, going through a divorce right now, and she's experienced a fair amount of financial abuse in the fact that, uh, she was with, her husband, when he was going through school, um, like medical school and things like that. Mm -hmm. And then they had kids together and she was stay at home mom and he worked and made the money, but then because he made the money, he got to be the one to control it.
0: Mm. And
1: so it got to the point where she wanted to, put the kids in daycare part-time and start working again and start kind of dipping her toes in the water to get ready for her kids to go to school. And he was like, nope, I am not paying for daycare with my money that I earn so that you can go back to work. That is financial abuse, people. Yeah, it's massively controlling. Yes, I mean, because you are now controlling someone's ability to make money through your money. You know, it, it's mm-hmm. just like when we go into things like control and manipulation of finances, that's mm-hmm. when we start to see the financial abuse piece.
0: It's interesting though, when you have a situation like that, where it's like the wife stays home with the kids and the dad, you know, does work or whatever. Um, but it's always interesting because like, we'll hear that so often Well, he makes the money, it's his money. Well, if you have kids, if it's just a husband and a wife and there are no kids, yeah, it's his money. So sure. if it's you have kids with someone,
1: it's
0: not just his money because it's your home. You're taking care of the kids You are supporting him enough where he is able to go to work every day. You are taking care of the stuff at home. You are taking care of his kids, your kids, you are doing your thing. And he is supported enough to go off to work every day and do what he does without any interruption. Right? right. So he's able to do all these things. So at the end of the day, it's their money. It's right. she's supporting him in doing what he can do. So often we look at moms and wives who stay home. It's like, oh, they just stay at home. And that's the one thing that my ex husband was always really, really good about where he would never allow someone to say, oh, she's just a mom or just a wife because he's like, "Uh, I've been sick and I've seen what she has to do all day. That's like not easy stuff, you know? So it's like, you're doing all these these different things but then when you have that mentality of like, oh no, this is like my money because I made it. You can go fuck yourself because that's actually not accurate because it's you're doing these things all day and like trying to juggle one child, never mind, like three. So you have like two parents, you're outnumbered with two. Imagine one mom with three kids. Okay. So here comes the circus sideshow, you know, and people <laughs> look at moms who like let their kids dress up like a Power Ranger. Yeah, I'm gonna let this guy dress up like a fucking Power Ranger because I'm tired, you know, and like, but oh, it's it's his money. No, that's such bullshit. It is such bullshit when people say stuff like that. It really, really is because it's not his. But if you're a mom, a wife and you stay home and you do whatever and you don't have kids, that's a little different, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's just a little different. But when you have yeah. the kids and you're doing the full on mom and the wife stuff, because you can't do just one or the other, they are hand in hand. Yes. I no, mean, I, I don't think that's nice of that, man. I don't like that idea. Yeah, <laughs> completely no, agree. Right.
1: You know, I think yeah. that there, like I said, there are a lot of little nuances that go into, you know, different scenarios as far as like, who's working, who is contributing, how, but, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, you know, when we're talking about finances in relationships and finances, when it comes to, to dating, um, it's a really important piece of the puzzle because what do they say? Like, So the stats are now 40% or 50% of marriages end in divorce. I think it's down to 40. Yeah. 40, yeah. I think we're closer to 40 now. Um, Mm. But the number one issue in relationships is finances. Yeah. So if you're not having these conversations, you're kind of setting yourself up for failure.
0: Yeah. And I think that the thing that people don't ever talk about before they get married is like dating now as an adult, like as I say, as an adult like this, like in this mature age of 900 that I am, it's <laughs> like, you know, I'm beyond having kids. So when I sat, when I date or when I did date, it was very different where if I'm going to meet someone chances of me helping him build a company or helping him with his career are very small versus when I was in my twenties or my teen years, when I met my ex-husband and we built the company together. So when you're going into a marriage young like that, and you don't have anything and you build a life, you are absolutely entitled to a lot more than what you would be entitled to if you're meeting someone at 45 and they're already like, you know they're they're sort of like done with what they're doing. So when we're dating now it's it's very different because it's like we're looking at someone who can kind of compete with us and kind of be where we are versus like where we were when we met our first our um, practice marriage. <laughs>
1: right.
0: <laughs> our practice our like yeah. you met your first marriage is like a pancake you go throw the first one out. Right. Um, <laughs> so, so so it's like well, our, our first marriage, you know, it's like one way. And then, it, it, you know, it's so different when you're dating now where you're not going to be doing these things with somebody. So you can kind of talk more about like a prenup at this point versus, you know, when we were, cause I didn't, I was 19 when I got married, we were both working three jobs. We weren't even thinking about prenups. We were thinking about yeah. sleeping. Yeah. So it was like, you know, then we built the company and. It was time to get the divorce it was interesting however um he was a good man and could have gone in one way but didn't look at me as like oh no i'm not not giving her anything he looked at me as not his ex-wife but the mother of his kids Mm -hmm. and like what does the mother of my kids deserve versus you were a wretched wife horrible woman to me, but you are the mother of my kids. So what does the mother of my kids deserve? And so many times when people get divorced, they look at the way the wife was and they don't look at how she was as a mom. And that's like where like the big problem comes in, I feel anyway, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, no. And I completely agree because again, even my husband and I, when, when we got married and we got married in our late, well, I was in my late twenties. So he was around 30. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we had talked about the pre-dump, you know, I idea and we had decided against it at that point simply because coming into the marriage, we had almost equal assets. So mm-hmm he owned his house and his vehicle. I own my house and my vehicle. We both had retirements. We both, I mean, so we were very close in compatible. Yeah. Right. In, in, in asset, like what we have. And so everything that we have now, we've literally built together, you know, and you know, which is great, but you're right. You know, if, you know, and I like knock on wood, You know, I was to have to be single again, you know, and and date again. It would be a very different story later in life. Now, when I actually have things of value that could be different from what a, a partner might have.
0: Yeah, you know it's it's interesting because like with the the situation I'm in the relationship it's it's funny because people are just like oh like prenup blah blah and I'm like hell yeah and like well what about like him I'm like what about him with his job that he does which I never ever speak of his job but his job he um, puts his life on the line every single day mm-hmm. why exactly am I entitled to his money so if we had right. kids. That would be different. So I'm not entitled to his money. I'm not entitled to his retirement. I'm not entitled to his pension or to his 401k. We could get married tomorrow and be married for the next 50 years. And that money is not mine. That is his. And if in the event something happened to him and he's like, I'm leaving all of my money to um, this dog shelter or to my mom or to my family, I would not be upset at all. But I also set myself up where I don't need that from him right so we're going in it where it's like this is his and this is mine he i i wouldn't and i had someone had said that to me like oh you don't think you're entitled to like his money what what have i (laughs) like what have i done to be entitled to one penny of his money if he wants to take a trip that's amazing but i do not expect him to like owe me anything just because we get married like when people get married you don't stop living it's not like oh i'm married i made it Oh, I don't have to work anymore. I'm married. The fuck, no, that's not how that shit goes. You yeah, get your ass up and work. You know, or you stay home with the kids and you do your thing. Or, but it's not like oh, I did it. I now I'm just gonna have a um, a lemonade at noon every day because I'm married.
1: Right. Like this isn't the 1950s anymore. Like we're we're yeah, done with that, that shit.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Women want equality. When is your equality. Get your ass up and work. So it's you know like. It's like so hard because it's like, I'm not entitled to one thing that he does now. With that being said, if he's like, hey, let's open a pickle factory. Do you know how to make pickles? Well, I know how to make pickles. Okay, cool. Let's do that. And then in three years, our pickle factory is worth $80,000 million or whatever. Then hell yeah, that, that shit's mine. But the stuff that he does now that he's had before we got together and the stuff that he's even creating now, that's his, and the stuff I'm doing yeah, now, that's mine. Like Right this is like my stuff. And if I want to give him something, I can, but he's not entitled and I'm not entitled. And people have such a hard time, like, accepting the fact that like, we are two individual people with our own careers and our own bank accounts that we don't have to like swap money out just because we're together.
1: Right. Absolutely. So how do you think that, that, the, the money situation and the asset situation and what you have going into a relationship affects who you're willing to date. I mean, like, are you going to, are you going to date the, the guy that's, you know, working at McDonald's for $12 an hour?
0: I mean, it depends Is you're retired because he made a bunch of money in Bitcoin and now he's doing something (laughs) for fun.
1: You know, you think you think like, working kid, at McDonald's you know, is his passion
0: project? <laughs> hey, you know what? Helping them helping the community could be it could be it could be undercover boss. You don't know. It could be McDonald himself. You just never know.
1: But that sounds like a Kelly dating story. Started <laughs> so dating this guy, also I found out he was Ronald McDonald. <laughs> he's just a clown. He's just a clown I dated. <laughs> like the rest. Put it
0: back in the circus. <laughs> but like I think I think the thing is this is like when we're dating people, it's like, would I not date someone because they don't have money. I mean, I don't really know because I don't want to live a life where I have to support someone or someone who's a dreamer, someone who's like, oh, I can just grind and, and, and get this product off. We'll be rich. Ah, I'm too old for that shit. I'm, almost, I'm 45. I'm almost dead. I don't want <laughs> to support someone and like, and their dreams, like a 50 year old man who dreams of getting, you know, flames that come out of shoes. And can you like fund this? I can't, I can't do it. But if there's a guy who makes, you know, $40,000 every year and he grinds and he's, you know, this and he's that great that I don't have like anything wrong with something like that. But it is hard because you do as you get older, you do want somebody who can like meet you where you are. If you want to go to France for two weeks and you can split that great. So, but yeah. if you want to go to France for two weeks with somebody who's a dreamer, it's like, yeah, I can't go to France. Now I get to watch him at this convention and see if his shoe gets picked up by the shock tank people. Right. Like that doesn't sound, you know, like fun to me. You know, yeah. those days of like helping someone grind, helping someone build, that shit's for your twenties. Yeah. You
1: know, that's
0: like back then. And I did mine and here I am. And it's like, I don't know, but I also do not want to date the dude with the private jet Nope. Nope. Not my bag. Not my bag at all. I am not going on your jet. You go. I'll meet you there. I'm going to take Southwest real quick because I don't want to feel like I owe anybody anything. And I don't want to feel like a man is taking care of me in that way. If it's like a thing where it's like, Hey, I did this and we can do this, this one time. Okay. Like maybe maybe, but at the same time, like that shit makes me uncomfortable.
1: Yeah. Like I don't. Perfect mm-hmm. word. I mean, if you are putting yourself in a situation where you are uncomfortable, that, that's a sign. You know, that's a red flag. Yeah. Like this isn't for yeah. you. And, yeah. and, and you're right. I, I would also feel somewhat uncomfortable with that because it means that I couldn't step into that relationship in a real partner role and feel like I'm 50-50 in this relationship. Yeah. I can't be meet you where you're at financially as well.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. That would be very uncomfortable. Like a a person that makes a a lot of money like that. That's like not for me. I have a lot of friends that are very successful and they do like, and if my friend is like, Hey, do you want to go on my jet? Hell yeah. Because he's not going to, expect anything from me. And it's like my friend. And I can even order a Diet Coke if I want. But if yeah. it's a guy that I'm like dating, I'm just gonna be like, I'm gonna sit in the bathroom and you know let me know when we're there. But it's just, <laughs> it would make me like super uncomfortable to be with somebody yeah. that makes so much money that they can do all of these things. I'm not, I want hugs, not Uggs.
1: You know, yeah. <laughs> I don't
0: need jewelry. I'm wearing a flannel shirt for goodness sake. Like I don't want the jewelry. I don't care what a big ass house. You know, I drive a Genesis and I love it. I don't need extraordinary things. I just want a person that like wants to get like Panda Express and like watch a romantic movie and hug me. Is that too much to ask? Nobody on a private jet's gonna be getting you Panda Express. They're gonna be panda expressing in shit from freaking China. I don't want that <laughs> like a panda. Like, I don't want this served to me on an actual panda. Give me the fast food shit from down the street, damn. So there's like the whole, like, that that space where it's like somebody who can like, who isn't like so in dream world, they can't provide anything, but somebody who's like so extravagant that it makes you uncomfortable. And I know a lot of men are like, oh, women just, no, women don't want men like that. Women want men who are honest, who are accountable, who have courage, who want to hug you, who are just like available and who like, listen to you. They don't need Jets and I mean, yeah, there's some women like that. We all know, all, but yeah, the
1: majority that's of not us <laughs> are not like that.
0: Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I just want that damn hug.
1: Yeah, that's exactly. It. Exactly. And, and, you know, it's, it's like the, the whole idea of, again, that, that partnership that I think that most of us want and are striving for again, finances play a role in that, but yeah. At the end of the day, to me, what's more important than the money itself, like I said earlier on is like, is the drive, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm always somebody that's doing, I'm, I'm constantly busy. I'm constantly going, I'm constantly grinding, I'm constantly improving. And I want somebody that has that as well. And it's not about necessarily the dollar signs. It's about, Mm -hmm. can someone match my energy and like go at life with me?
0: you know it's it's funny though because when we have like that whole thing because i'm very very attracted to intelligent men um who are driven who are successful who are motivated who always have like new ideas who are always challenging me to grow but those motherfuckers have no time yeah they have no time (laughs) so it's like they are so busy growing and developing and i had said to my ex-husband one day because my ex-husband is very successful and he's the same way he didn't have any time for hugs and I said to him, like, yeah, I just want to like find someone that like wants to give me hugs. And he's like, listen, he's like, you have two choices. He's like, you can either find a successful driven man who is responsible and who will, you know, be the you, or you can find some dumb, dumb. Who's going to hug you all day long. He's like, so you just need to make a decision. So, wow. I'm like, yeah, he's like, so you're not going to be able to find a successful, you know, driven sort of man that's going to be around to like be emotional with you all day. So I'm like, shit. Those are my two options. So it's um, it's interesting because I wish that there was more of a balance. But I think the balance in that sort of thing comes when they're older and they have like that time yeah. to kind of you know do that whole thing. But with with him, he's always gone. I don't know. I don't. We're you know we don't talk very often. But like he's always kind kind of gone doing his thing. But it's it's hard to find like someone successful and driven and massively intelligent who wants to like lay around all day and give you hugs, that's not going to happen. So it's like, you know, how do you find like that balance? So you either be super secure with being by yourself and kind of, you know, doing your own thing and taking advantage of their time when they have it, or being with somebody that isn't as driven and successful.
1: Yeah, but but has the availability to then to give you all the hugs and cuddles that you want during the day. (laughs) Yeah, and then I find myself like selling feet pictures because he can't pay
0: for the friggin' luggage. So it's like (laughs) this is where we are now. We're on feet.com. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 5012. Go to (laughs)
1: ww.cellisfeet.com.
0: If you like white toenail polish, look me up. Gotta pay my bills.
1: Oh I gotta hug I got to do a. Yeah. So it's
0: it's It's tough. It's like, you gotta like figure out like what's more important. And I don't know, it's, it's a tough one with, with this whole thing. So being financially independent with a man that is also the same way, but also driven versus being financially independent and babysitting a man who has dreams. And, and I know how that sounds. And someone's going to be like, oh, yes, it's not all men. Yeah, no shit. It's not all men. We get this. We're just right. talking about generalization of like what it's like to be female and dating out there with like these two sort of like options. Yeah, to a degree.
1: absolutely. I mean, even myself being married to my husband, again, he's very career oriented and very driven. And, and I love that about him. And I do mm-hmm. not want to change that. But I will say that. Sometimes I have to remind him like in the chaos that is our life and the busyness of our schedules, like time out, stop. All right, motherfucker. Like I need some hugs and cuddles. <laughs> and, and it literally, it takes me like, like stopping and like, Hey, Hey, I, I, I need the emotional stuff right now. And, and yeah. he'll give that to me, but. I have to ask for it.
0: You know, it's <laughs> he not going to come like naturally. He's not going to be like, I'm driving home right now. When I get there, I'm going to hug you so friggin' hard. No, no, it <laughs> just never happens. Not like, and they might do that. If they're uh love bombing you, they might do that, you know, in the beginning when they're trying to like win you over, but then it like changes. It's like, where's my hug? It's like, sounds like a personal problem to me (laughs) i've heard that before where it's like oh i just want to be Well, it sounds like a personal problem anyway (laughs) so it's like you know when you get like the successful people they're not usually emotionally available usually they're just like emotionally unavailable and what's interesting is how they get there so when i got pregnant with my oldest i was 17 and my ex-husband decided that he did a job to support the kid and whatever. And he has not stopped working since. So was he always emotionally unavailable in this way? No life happened. It came at him. So he changed everything he was doing so he could provide for this kid that's now 27 years old. So it's, you know and then of course we had more kids but like it just never stopped And now he's in the zone of like must provide must provide must provide and it just yeah. doesn't stop and a lot of men get to these points where they have to provide not because they were born that way but because life came at them and now we have to meet them where they are
1: yeah absolutely mm-hmm. completely agree well mm-hmm. i think that's gonna wrap it up for this week's episode Be sure to hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss any of these wicked, deep dating conversations.
0: If you have any dating questions, leave us a voicemail using the link in the show notes and you can be featured on the show. Until then, be brave. Navigate the dating BS. And keep having those bold conversations.